It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. This past week, we spoke to Montana's Attorney General and a former ATF executive about tracking gun purchases through merchant category codes. The state of California passed a law that says banks and credit card companies must assign merchant category codes to firearm sellers by May of next year so they can flag suspicious activity and alert law enforcement. This past week, a major media outlet reported that three major credit card companies had resumed work on that code in order to comply with California's law. Now, before California passed the law, the credit card companies had begun work on codes for gun stores, but they stopped due to pushback. While most retailers do have merchant codes, things purchased at gun stores have previously been labeled as sporting goods or other. And gun control advocates say large purchases in short time periods of items from gun stores could lead law enforcement to stop mass shootings. But several Republican state's attorneys general say trying to track gun store purchases may be illegal. We often have to cut interviews down for time during the week, but thought you might like to hear the full interview. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the Weekday Rundown podcast if you haven't already. Now, up first, here's Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen on the Fox News Rundown Extra. So... Tell me a little bit about, because this has been on your radar for, for a while, what, what, what is wrong with a merchant code um, for, for gun retailers, for gun stores? Well, you're singling out gun owners and, you, and you're singling out gun retailers. Now, that, that's the real issue here. Um, prior to this, well, I mean, first of all, this came about because of a European trade association. I mean, this, this isn't a, a, a congressional mandate. The International uh, Standards Organization, they, the, the, when, when they when they offered the, the merchant code for guns? Yep, that's correct. Um, and so the, the only reason you would do this is to specifically keep track of certain credit card purchases. And to me, that just be, turns into a, a slippery slope, right? I mean, pr- prior to this, whether you were buying a box of ammunition or a, a, a shotgun or a sleeve of tennis balls, that was all categorized by the by the merchant category code under the same sporting goods code. Right. The reason you would do a specific code for firearms retailers and for firearms uh, is to keep track of those people and keep track of those purchases. Well, what's next? I mean, if, if an organization decides that people who subscribe to Fox news digital are, are, are dangerous, uh, do we need to keep track of those purchases? I mean, that, well, that okay. to me is so- a real danger here. So the argument, though, for this, right, that, that I keep reading is, hey, everyone has a merchant code. You have one for salons and bakeries. Why not guns? Is the problem that there's no constitutional amendment expressly granting me the right to, you know, have my hair done or buy a cookie? Like, is the actual thing I'm buying the issue here, the gun? And that goes that, to uh, the that, Second Amendment. Yes. Yeah, that that absolutely is is one of the arguments here. And, and it's one of the real problems And because they, they point to, well, you know, there, there are certain there are certain crimes that we track and, 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 and we do these sorts of things with in other areas. Well, yeah, that's true. But those areas, I mean, number one, that was a congressional mandate. But number two, they don't implicate a constitutional right here like this one does. I mean, you, you are literally singling out people who are choosing, choosing to exercise their Second Amendment right and saying we are going to track your purchases. Is that, the, that's just dangerous. 
Is this also because a, be, because the, the end goal here, at least if you're passing a law, like in the case of California, the end goal is, look, we want to find suspicious activity and and notify law enforcement. I mean, they're they're arguing that look, some some mass shootings could have been stopped um, if if this sort of mechanism had been in place. You know, people like in Aurora, Colorado, the movie theater or um, the Pulse nightclub shooting. You know, people buying, a, a, I guess, a large-ish. I don't know. I can't quantify what would be large under this, but somebody buying a, a certain amount of weapons in a certain period of time, and, and that would arouse suspicion. Um, what, what, what is your counter to that? Well, my counter is exactly what you just say. Like we, we don't know what quantifies a, a concerning purchase. Like what, what is a large purchase? You know, I'm, I'm a fairly high volume shooter and I, I, I shoot a lot of target. I, I shoot a lot of varmints. Um, but what, what, when I see a report of somebody with an arsenal and they have, you know, two, two firearms and a couple hundred rounds of ammo, like to me, that's just a fun half hour. That's not <sighs> a large amount. And I, and I think that's really the issue here is this, this is going to get incredibly subjective, uh, and you're going to leave this at the whim of, of some bureaucrat working for a, a credit card company here. And frankly, they know they've got a problem with this too, right? You, you're going to create this patchwork across the country where you've got states like California, they're going to mandate this. You've got states like Montana and other states that are probably going to, going to outlaw this behavior. Uh, you're, you're putting this private company and these private companies in a pretty precarious spot here. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So Montana has not officially banned this. I know there's some talk from other Republican states, right? So if, if this... California's gone ahead with this. Um, what I guess what would it take for for a state like Montana to take some sort of action um, if these credit card companies are in fact you know coming up with these codes? <laughs> well, more more Californians fleeing their crazy state and moving to Montana. I mean, because that's what's happening now. I, you know, frankly, I think California should keep doing goofy stuff like this. They they've lost a congressional seat. Montana's picked it up. Uh, this is working out great for us. So I say California keep keep on doing like you're doing keep keep passing this this crazy liberal stuff and it, it's working out great for us but i mean <laughs> no, I, I, I i i think your point is a good one right like especially a state as as populous and and, and as big as california is certainly by them taking this action i i don't think it's a stretch to say you're going to see conservative states push back and, and their legislatures do the opposite a year and a half ago visa didn't didn't address the the notify law enforcement part of this yet because California hadn't made it a law yet but they had wrote, written in a blog i guess visa corporate officials wrote that the the merchant codes only classify the type of business a retailer operates so there so th- these codes for example wouldn't give visa or any other payment network as they as they put it any visibility into like product level data like the SKU does that mitigate this at all well, I, I keep hearing that argument as well. But what concerns me about that is when you've got liberal legislatures like California and you've got liberal U.S. senators like Elizabeth Warren who are pushing so hard for this and were so angry when Republican AGs a year and a half ago were able to get this stymied 
uh, if it like if that's truly the case, then why are the most ardent progressive gun control legislators so excited about this? Uh, I'm I'm I, and and if someone is willing to prove me wrong, great. I, I hope they can. So far, nobody will. If this if this stopped a mass shooting, like if somebody said, you know what, thank you, uh, Mastercard, thank you, Visa. Um, you know, you told a sheriff's department X, Y, and Z information, and we were able to, I guess, confront somebody, and we've, you know, found in their house, you know, plans for mass shooting. Would this be worth it if it stopped one mass shooting and saved even, you know, a, a handful of lives? Well, here's what we know about mass shooters and criminals in general. They're going to break the law. If, 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 if a bad guy wants to get a hold of a gun, they're going to get a hold of a gun. Uh, and and while it might be true that occasionally some of them are are bought legitimately, a lot of them aren't. A lot of them are stolen. A lot of them are 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 taken illegally. In yeah. fact, I would posit probably most of them. Um, so I I just I I, I don't buy this issue there, or this, this argument that we're going to stop mass shootings if we can just make sure that lawful gun owners are being tracked. Finally, Ag, I want your thoughts on the the use of merchant codes more broadly. Um, the, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, as I'm sure you know, um, has evidence. He shared it with Fox News Digital that after January 6th, the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, or FinCEN, was telling banks, um, look, help us find possible suspects. Um, I guess the, there was there's paperwork indicating that they even suggested search terms and merchant category codes. Um, things like MAGA, Trump, to look for in Zelle payments, certain merchant codes at Cabela's, Dick's, Bass Pro Shops. Um, what What is your reaction to that? And is the answer that we should just all use cash? <laughs> well, I think that's certainly what's going to happen. I mean, you're, you're going to see more and more firearms enthusiasts and, and just general sporting goods enthusiasts using cash and, and not running their credit card to make these kind of purchases, number one. But number two, yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point. This is extremely scary. This is exactly like what I said. I mean, it, oh, to, to, today it's targeting gun owners. What is it tomorrow? Is it is it Wall Street Journal sub- subscribers? Uh, is it Fox News Digital subscribers? Like what constitutes dirt, uh, uh, um, concerning behavior that we need to track? This is not East Germany. This is America. We have a right to privacy in this country, and you can buy whatever you want as long as it's done legally. You know, pe- people do illegal things every single day, and that that's a bad thing. Uh, but but requiring companies basically to do th- to do the job that they're not able to get passed through the Congress, I just think that's the wrong way to do it. That that that's another move within the ESG movement, where where we can't get this radical gun control stuff passed through the through the Congress. So let's let's make our buddies in big tech do it for us, or big finance. Uh, I mean, that that's all I see here. Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen, thank you so much for joining. You bet. Thanks for having me. Now, while California's passed a law requiring these merchant codes at gun stores, as you can hear, other states reject this idea. But a patchwork of state laws on this isn't the right approach, according to people like Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. She says this needs to be in place across the country in order to have an impact on gun violence. So what does law enforcement think of this? And do they feel like it could be a useful tool? Here's Scott Sweeto, a former ATF executive and now CEO of S3 Global. 
Scott, tell me a, your thoughts about this. Um, so California passed, made it a law, right? The, these credit card companies had been working on a merchant code that um, that would apply to gun stores. There was a lot of pushback. They said, we'll pause. Then California went ahead and passed a law that said, no, no, now you have to create, you know, um, have a merchant code that um, will identify gun sales or at least sales at gun stores, I should say. And right. anything deemed, I guess, suspicious would, uh, I guess that would rise to the level of that store or that merchant alerting law enforcement. Um, what, given your, your, your history, what, what is your reaction to such a law? Well, a lot of times these laws are well-meaning, but they're not well-considered because they don't reach out to the people that actually have to enforce them. Uh, on the federal side, of course, that's my old employer, ATF. And on the state side, uh, assuming it actually is a state law, it could be enforced by state or local law enforcement who would not necessarily have the training to deal with firearms trafficking cases. I was an agent out in California for nine years. I worked firearms trafficking cases. So I understand what the landscape is like there. But this law, I think, is going to be very problematic from a standpoint of enforcement. And uh, also, when you're looking at whether it would actually make a difference. And in fact, there really is no way for this to make a difference to try to get at the problem of firearms trafficking or illegal firearm sales. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about that, because those in favor of this say, look, banks already have uh, to flag suspicious activity that they think is related to maybe human trafficking or fraud, right? Those are SARS reports, suspicious activity reports. And they're saying, why not just apply this to guns, have financial institutions tell law enforcement? And they're they're citing things like the mass shooting um, in Aurora, Colorado, the movie theater shooting, the Pulse nightclub shooting. They're saying that those those were precipitated by people who bought larger amounts of weapons in a shorter time span. And so that could have amounted to um, something that could have been flagged. Sure. So there is already a law that deals with uh, multiple sales of handguns. So if a person comes in and tries to buy, let's say, 10 handguns at one time or buys two or three one day, then a couple days later buys some more, And um, certain border states uh, also are subject to reporting sales of uh, semi-automatic high-capacity weapons like AR-15 style firearms, AK-47 style firearms. So there are already laws that deal with that uh, on a federal level, Mm -hmm. and they are enforced federally by ATF. Similarly, If you have someone that has felony convictions, if they're trying to purchase a firearm in California, they are subject to the California state check and also the federal national InstaCheck system or NICS, which is administered by the FBI. So there is already a mechanism for people to be checked if they're trying to buy a firearm through a dealer. And lastly, there is already a program. It's been in effect for decades between ATF and the NSSF, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, that's called Don't Lie for the Other Guy, where gun dealers are trained to recognize suspicious sales. And in fact, they do regularly report them already to ATF. Uh, Straw purchasing or anything 
so don't lie for the other guy specifically deals with straw purchasing. But when I was an agent in Los Angeles and all the other states where we served, uh, there were regularly calls from these gun dealers who most of them are law abiding. They want to do the right thing and they report suspicious activity already to ATF kind of tied into this uh, this partnership between ATF and NSSF. So it leaves the question of what exactly is this law designed to do? Well, let me ask you, because you probably are still in touch with quite a few members of law enforcement, would would they want something like this? Because this is this is just sort of like reaching out to yet another or a different group, right? This is the financial world. These are the credit card companies, banking, um, and looping them in, getting them involved in this. Would law enforcement say, okay, we'll take it? You know, we, we if, you know, if you guys spot something, let us know. Well, I would say that uh, there are very few parts of the country that have a surplus of law enforcement officials right now on any level, uh, mm-hmm. state, local, municipal. They already have their hands full with significant crime issues. They also, for the most part, lack any training about firearms trafficking or firearms enforcement. In California, that is not the case because there are, in some of the larger law enforcement agencies and in the state, uh, the California Department of Justice, there are some people that really do have a good handle on this. But again, they're depending on, say, a purchase from Cabela's or Big Five uh, or Dick's Sporting Goods or something like that to determine on their own with no context whether something is, quote unquote, suspicious. Mm. So. Again, that leaves the question of who is the arbiter of what is suspicious. If someone buys two firearms, is that suspicious? Well, if the person was driving a car that had um, Mexican license plates and they appeared not to know the firearms that they're buying and they appeared unaware generally about firearms, a purchase of two weapons might be suspicious of of being trafficked, for instance, but simply looking at a credit card receipt, uh, I just find it difficult having done the job for 30 years to see how that would really benefit public safety. Scott Swedo, former ATF, thanks so much for joining us. You're very welcome. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.